Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Philbin, financial coach, accredited financial counselor, certified money coach, and founder of the 4,000 Person Strong Financial Coaches Community Facebook group. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. I'm a tenured professor, a serial entrepreneur, a certified financial planner, and I run a nonprofit organization that provides financial planning resources to over 100,000 families each year. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal coaching business. I'm Garrett Philbin, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joshua Escalante Troche, as always. How are you, sir? I am well. I am well. Well, take that. (laughs) And today we are going to talk about how to raise your prices with existing clients. Mm -hmm. I also think, you know, just pat ourselves on the back a little bit. This is a good time to have this conversation because we're headed into the new year Mm -hmm. and kind of serves as like a nice point, right? It's like a new year, probably a good time to raise your prices if you haven't done it in a little while. So it kind of gives you that natural boost if it's something you want to do around this time. But yeah, I was going to say, I've raised my prices a couple of times over my six plus years as a coach. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you because it's gotten slightly more systematized over time, Yeah, but still not super highly systematized. And so I'm excited for your insights and your perspective on this. And where would you like to start? I'm assuming high level because I know you. Yeah, of course. So let's start with a very high level of why is this even a question? Right. So, you know, and and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be asking this question, but it does get asked a lot. Right. So why do people have this question? Why is this an issue? Mm. I mean, for me, I think it came from a couple different places. First and foremost, I just kept my prices the same for a while. And I think that led into as I was studying for the AFC, as I had more experience, as I like improved my systems and got better. I just kind of got this feeling that, well, I'm better now, darn it, than I was when I started charging these initial rates, the less imposter syndrome or more confidence. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we just felt that there was a misalignment between the value I was providing and the rate I was charging. Okay. So I think all of that is totally valid. It makes complete logical sense. So then why did you have a question about how to do it? Why didn't you just say, okay, I'm just going to raise my prices. And in every meeting you had with a person, tell them these are the new prices. So why was the question there when you obviously had very legitimate reasons to do it? Fear, fear, uh, you know, of how to communicate it, that there would be pushback, that they would question the value, all of this head trash, as you you say, coming up. And I think that's the big thing is to realize that this, the hesitancy that we have, it's really out of the things that are going on in our head. And it's very, 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 very rarely has any basis in any reality of conversations that you've had with clients, right? It is highly unlikely that you have had a client 
during a meeting that said, man, I, I love your service. You're doing a great job for me. I am so glad you're priced exactly as you are, because if you were $3 higher, I wouldn't hire you. Right. Yeah. And so this isn't coming from any you know, factual place, any place of you've gathered data and you know that this is going to be a difficult conversation. It's this monster that you've built up in your head of what could happen. Right. Great point. Yeah. And so that's a big thing to, to really sort of sit with and understand of you're going to have more problems, not just starting it, but actually executing the price raises if you haven't dealt with that fear. And it doesn't mean you've gotten rid of the fear, but you're at least comfortable with it and you can move past it without it being a big deal. Right. So what are some good ways to move through that fear, Josh? So you've interacted with me quite often in Just a bit. lots of different scenarios. Would you be surprised if I told you that when I was in college, I was deathly afraid of presenting in front of groups. My face would get bright red. I hated it. I had like the paralyzing fear in my chest. Would that surprise you? Yeah, a bit, I would say. Because okay. I mean, you're a friggin' teacher, a professor right. right now, right? You're up in front of people all the time. What I do, yeah. <laughs> and yet that was true. I got over it because I uh, was a jungle cruise skipper. So I drove the boats and shot the hippos and told the jokes. And it's not because they had special tips or tricks. It's not because they had secrets to help you get through it. It's not because they had this amazing training program that got you over it. Although the training was pretty good, I will say that. It was because after you went through your training, the next day sat your ass down in a boat and you took 40 new people around the jungle for 12 minutes eight hours a day. And you did that every day, day after day. And guess what? After the first week, your fear is gone. <laughs> right. So I'm hearing practice and repetition. Practice and repetition. That is what gets you. And so the way that you get over your fear of price hikes is practice doing price conversations with customers, with clients, right? Mm. The way that I tell my, my clients when we're talking about them needing to, so the clients that I work with individually, when I talk with them about needing to raise their prices is we'll sit down and we'll go through their entire client book and we'll say, okay, tell me the clients that you would be happy if they left. Right. Cause you're working with uh, small business owners, lots of small business. owners, yeah. So tell me the clients that you would be happy if they left. All right. Well, these three people are a pain in the butt. Great. Start with them. Cause worst case scenario, you screw it up and you're okay with them leaving. <laughs> That's a great set of advice. Right. And so just start with, with the low-hanging fruit, with the ones where, yeah, it's still going to be fearful, but you're going to get practice doing it in an environment where the worst-case scenario is actually not that bad. Right. Got it. The next thing that we want to look at is we want to look at understanding how the client is going to perceive it. Yeah. Have you ever bought fast food. Yes. In and out very recently. All right. Have you ever had the prices of the fast food go up 
over the time that you've been buying from in and out Yes. And when you got up to the front and you saw the menu and you saw that the prices had gone up 20% from $2 to $2.40, you immediately off-roaded your car screaming epithets and, and, and flipping the people off as you drove away because, oh my God, how dare they? You were there? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I didn't do that. Right. You know, people are accustomed to price hikes, right? Now, of course, no one's excited when gas prices go up. No one calls their mom and said, oh, I had such a great day today. But they also don't freak out about it. Yeah. Right? Well, what I will say is, yes, and what we witnessed a little bit with the recent YNAB price increase was it also depends on how you are presenting yourself to customers, yes. what the services that you're offering and kind of how how you're positioning yourself around that. Mm-hmm. So just as like a little aside, because YNAB increased their prices and they very a much very, like- very, yeah, a very small amount. <laughs> a, a very small amount in the grand scheme of things, but YNAB's people are used to it being very inexpensive, right? Yeah. I think YNAB probably made some- They made mistakes. some tactical branding errors, yes. Yeah. And they, you know, they allowed people to be grandfathered in and kept the prices so low for such a long time. And then from what I've heard and seen pretty much was one day like, Hey, we're raising our prices. They're now $14.99. You are paying $5.99. You know, we know this is a big price increase, but we need it in order to run our business. And so it was kind of way out of the blue and contrary to a lot of what they had been doing. Yeah. So I think that's why it caused a problem. And and this is the next big issue, right? Which is, so my my family has a lot of real estate and we try as much as possible to do a rent increase every single year because a rent increase every single year means that people can just sort of expect it. And it's a small amount it is a lot harder for people to go from $1,000 a month for four years and then $1,200 a month than it is for people to go and have it raised by 50 bucks a month every year. You end up with the exact same amount at the end, right? But that's easier on their budget because it's smaller amounts every year that they have to adjust for. Whereas when you wait four years and hell, we're financial coaches, we should be cognizant of this. If you wait four years, they've probably already reallocated those raises they've gotten during the years to other things. And so that price increase means that that it's going to have an impact, a significant impact on their budget. Whereas if we're raising it every year, they're just reallocating their raises according to those increases. Right. And it makes it a lot easier not to have to make sacrifices to their savings efforts or even to their personal fund budgets. Right. Right. And so consistency is really important. It's very important that you evaluate your prices every single year and that you you manage it. A, A price, a pricing evaluation and update is one of the big monthly task projects in in launch that that people do. An annual once a year. Reevaluate your prices and make that change because it's not only good for you and important for you, but it's also good for the client. 
if YNAB had been rise, raising it by a dollar every year, probably no one would have said anything. And they probably would have had more money coming in now <laughs> yeah. than, uh, than otherwise. And maybe even have needed to raise it, yeah, less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so consistency, small amounts often are much, much better than you falling on your sword business-wise because out of fear of raising them and then having to do a massive raise later on. Yeah. Right. A great point. And so that's the next thing is, is you should be reviewing your prices and looking at them every single year. In terms of how much to raise your prices, I assume this is a pretty individualized conversation, mm-hmm. uh, but are there any best practices? I know that in advice pay, for example, the payment processors that we use in launch and that you and I both use for our businesses, yep. you can set an annual price increase or at a certain point in time, you can just set consistent price increases, something that we also are doing for launch yeah. as well. You know, And so is it better just to kind of take it out of your hands and set a specific rate increase and put that in your contract every year or to give yourself a bit more flexibility where it's like, well, I may go from $100 this year to 125 and it's not a specific percentage every year. Pros and cons, maybe. Yeah. So that's going to depend on the type of price increase, right? So, and there's a whole bunch of gray area in between, right? But let's, let's divide the price increase into two categories. Okay. Just for simplicity. The first category is an inflation adjustment. The second category is we'll call it a substantial price increase, right? The inflation adjustment is ideally, yeah, that, that's just automatic, right? So in my contracts with my clients, the contract specifically states, this is how the price is going to increase. It will increase automatically on your annual date and advice pages handles it all for me, right? Yeah. For my AUM side of my business, that naturally happens anyway, because inflation is kind of built into assets, right? So there's nothing that I really have to do there. Uh, most of my pricing strategy around that is making sure that the cost is appropriate to my cost structures. And actually, in my last pricing round, I lowered my AUM structure a little bit because of the fact that when I did my evaluation, I realized, oh, I can act, that's not the appropriate number. This is the appropriate number based on. You know, all my business financials, right? Okay. But the inflation one, especially for financial coaches, you know, yeah, I would I highly recommend you just take it out of your hands and just make it a part of your contract, let people know ahead of time. Uh, I have never had a I have never had a prospect ever push back on an inflation increase. Yeah. And this will probably be less of a big or less of a factor for newer coaches who aren't even doing ongoing coaching, or if you aren't doing ongoing coaching and it's just kind of a package, Mm -hmm. right. Then that may not even need to be in the contract then. Correct. Because it's just a short-term engagement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if it's a project-based type thing, it may not even be in the contract. And then it's just a matter of updating your prices going forward. Right. Right. Updating your prices with regard to your, but even inflation updates, because people may, hey, I really liked your package. I've referred my friend. I told them what I paid, mm. right? And the pricing has gone up. 
right? If it's if it is an inflation increase, make sure that you state that. Say, you know, inflation is we all get hit by inflation, and this is just inflation in order for me to keep up with costs, right? With the costs in my business and everything else. Uh, so that's why it's three percent higher. And as your potential financial coach, these are conversations that we would have around how you could even use it as an educational tool, um, right. potentially yeah. right? saying like, Hey, in, inflation is a thing. I think a fair amount of people don't necessarily understand how that impacts long-term planning. And even if you aren't doing long-term planning as a coach, just as a concept to help them better understand. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, one of the things that's probably a good thing to talk about is you know, your, your more or your rent is going to, as a client, that budget will change every year. So it's important that you re update your budget because rent is a big part of it. And a 3% increase to rent actually has a substantial impact on your overall budget. Yeah. Especially if your income isn't increasing the same rate. And so that can lead very quickly into you showcasing your value as well as part of this conversation. More you can be upfront about it the better off that you are, right? I have never had a person push back on an inflation increase because I tell them before they sign the contract. <laughs> Good point. Right? And is that something you share explicitly? Is it just in the contract? Do you find a way to explicitly mention that in the sales conversation or in an email yep. just for so people can know? So it's in the contract. Advice pay also lets them know that this will increase on this date by this percentage, right? So that, that that's also told there. Obviously, you don't need to do that, but that's a really nice feature. But in addition to it being in the contract, I always talk about the inflation increase whenever I talk about the pricing. Okay. Right. Because it is standard and it's a part of the pricing and, and it's setting, it's not only setting the expectation, but it's also being transparent. Mm-hmm. Right. So the inflation increase is literally part of the pricing. And I can see how with business owners that even turning that conversation around pricing and how you have the inflation adjustment can be an opportunity for them to see how they can potentially add that into their business business, and services or be a bad thing for them, almost more of like an educational moment and something they can learn from you as well. Yeah. And as financial coaches, you can do that the same thing with regards to talking about updating their budget every year. The next, the next thing is, so that, that one's easy. That one's relatively easy. Be upfront, be honest, do it every year, have it as part of your contract. Make sure you mention it whenever you do the, whenever you talk about pricing and then everyone just sort of understands it and expects it and is comfortable with it. Right? The next thing is a substantial price increase. This one's a little more difficult, right? And with a substantial price increase, the, the key here is you need to be able to express why that substantial price increase is going to happen, right? Uh, If it is because you severely underpriced your services, okay, then if you're going to raise the pricing on existing customers, you need to be comfortable with telling them that. And that's going to be real for a lot of newer coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, we see in the group where coaches will be talking about charging anywhere from you know, $25 a session, $30 right. a session. Yeah. And that's something where if you're going to be doing this full time, you, you run out of time very, very quickly, you know, yeah. marketing, sales, advertising, prep, and all of that. So that's going to be a conversation that would need to happen relatively quickly. 
Yeah. And so that's just be upfront. And you will be surprised how many people say, oh, yeah, yeah, we know we you, you underpriced your service. We weren't going to argue with you, but we knew it. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. So oftentimes we're, we're afraid, oh, my God, people are going to freak out when in reality they were just wondering when you were going to wisen up. Right. And then the, the other side of it is if you haven't underpriced your service and you're doing a substantial price increase, you need to be able to explain why. Right. And we always want to explain it from the perspective of the benefit to the client. Yeah. Right. This could be that you've added a new service that provides additional benefits. It could be that- You may have joined FCN Launch and gotten access to a new financial coaching software platform that allows you to systematize your services, you know, and add lots more value. Just- You took the words right out of my mouth. That's one of the great things about having a platform like that. And for any of you who, those of you in launch and those of you who are thinking about joining FCN to get access to the software, realize that this is a big opportunity for you because you can say, I'm adding a whole bunch of new stuff, exactly what Garrett said. You can also say, and of course, there's a cost for this service for me, right? You don't have to tell them the exact cost. (laughs) And you can say part of this price increase is because I'm adding all of these new things for benefits for to to benefit you and to help you be able to manage your money better or be more successful. And that's why I'm rising the pricing. And that could be a very easy way of if the client is pushing back of deflecting the pushback, because now it's not you that's raising the prices. It's, oh, okay, yeah, you know, I understand that you need to raise your prices in order to pay for this. Damn you, FCN, <laughs> right? We're the worst. Exactly. And so for, for any of you that are either in the process that are in launch right now that are working with the software and looking at, oh, okay, now I can integrate this in. And for those of you who are thinking about joining FCN for it, use it as an opportunity to redo your prices because it is a great opportunity to get your pricing to where it should be, do what may be a significantly substantial price increase and have it be something where the client accepts it and is happy with it because, okay, I understand your costs have gone up, so my costs are going to go up and I'm getting all of these additional benefits for it, right? It's a really good opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity, so. And there's a lot there, I would say, from just to go with the software example. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we shared some of them in the, the presentation last Monday. Was that already this Monday? No, it was this Monday, yeah. God, it was just, just three days ago. Week. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think what you said was really important. How does it benefit them? Right? Yeah. How does having a central hub that not just you know they can access, but you can access as the coach, how do you present that as a value add? Right? So you don't need to get their login yeah. or password. They don't have to share screens with you. You can go in there without them having to like having to schedule a separate meeting, you know, in order to link up for them to log in. Yep. Uh, you can create goals in the software. You can like, how is it going to help them achieve what they want faster in a more efficient way and be more supported? Yeah. Focus on that. And there's a ton of value that comes from that versus, you know, just having a spreadsheet that then they have to update manually all the time yeah. So lean into that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, that's, that's a, 
you know, make sure that you're, and it doesn't have to be software. It can be, you became an EA. So now you can help them with their taxes more. And so you're going to be talking to them with taxes and that's going to be a new part of your financial coaching. And so there's that additional benefit or, you know, what could be new skills that you've added, new services that you've added. You could add an additional meeting to the to your calendar, which costs you an hour of time. But if it allows you to add an extra hundred or $200, that's a very worthwhile trade-off of, okay, I'll give an extra hour, but I can make an extra hundred or $200 off of this because it's not just the hour of your time. It's the benefits that come with it. Right. And so when you have to do a substantial increase, think about how to position it as this is a change in what I'm offering you, which is going to come with this, with this new price. Right. Um, and the more that you can do those types of things, the, the easier it is for other people to accept it. Right. Yeah. And then also realize that your clients aren't going to be your clients forever. Most financial coaches will not have clients until the clients die. And if there is a client that you are charging $25 a session for, and you have a $100 um, that is the new charge per session is $100. And if this is the thing that even though you like the client, this is the thing that gets them to say, you know what? I don't know if this is working for me. Yeah, it sucks. You lost a client. You lost a client that you liked. But you've opened up a space to bring in a client where you're going to get paid at a rate that you deserve not at $25 an hour when, when you factor in the time it takes to prepare for the meeting, the time it takes after the meeting, the, the marketing stuff that you have to do, just the managing of the invoices and all of that type of stuff, right? all your time that goes into all of that stuff, you're probably making minimum wage. Yeah. And, right. you know, going from in this example, 25 to hundred, it's like you would have to work four hours with that client for one hour's one hour with a new client, you know, even of just in the session time. So realizing that, okay, yeah, from that perspective, in order to free up more time so that you can also provide more value, hopefully to other people, you know, you need to look at it from that perspective as well. Cause I also think as a coach, we, or any business owner, you need some time built in where you aren't flailing around and trying to do a thousand different things at once. And you need yeah. that like CEO time where you can just kind of step back and look at the business and then say, yeah, what skills do I want to improve on and how do I want to get better? And so you, you have to price your services in a way that gives you some of that space. So you aren't working 60 hour weeks with, so you, you can know, learn. Yeah. So you can actually yeah. like work on the business with that rather than in the business as they say in the e-myth book. Yeah. Yeah. I'll leave with one last story. And this is the story that I tell when, I, when we talk about pricing strategy around professional services in um, my entrepreneurship classes. And that is, so there was a young guy, got out of college, went to work for a small firm. And it, the small firm was an owner and a couple of support people. This young guy was going to be like the succession plan, take over the firm at some point in the future, all excited about ideas and everything else, came in and looked at the pricing and said, 
oh my God, you're, you're, you're so underpriced, right? To the experienced owner of the firm. I think we should go through and double all of your prices, right? The experienced owner of the firm said, oh, see, you, you young people, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, if, if I doubled all my prices, half my customers would leave. And then what would happen to my revenues? Well played. Right. And, and so don't, don't really, you know, don't get afraid of, oh my God, people are going to leave. <laughs> right. That's not, that's only one component of what you need to analyze. I like that. That's a really helpful way of thinking about it. Because again, you know, there is that fear of, I think it gets back to people will leave, but we don't look past that and say, okay, well, in that example, what then is made available is 50% of your time back or, you know, that much client time. So that's helpful. (laughs) I like that. Josh, thanks as always. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you'll be the first to know when a new episodes are released and it helps iTunes and Stitcher and everyone else know that you like the podcast so it recommends it to other people. And if you can think of one person, either a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with and be helped by what we talked about today, share it with them as well. And if you're ready to build a successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with those clients, and run your business efficiently. Head to financialcoachesnetwork.com backslash start here. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.